Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome back to episode 39 of North Star Big Book. We are in the family afterward. We're on 125, and we are talking about a topic that really um, can plague us, and I've dealt with and struggled with and have recovered from almost completely, except for a few random times. Um, And it's about gossip, and especially gossip in AA. So in 125 words is another principle. So we just underlined right before that the sentence, we do talk about each other a great deal, but we almost invariably temper such talk by a spirit of love and tolerance. And I wrote the word gossip. And then I underlined another principle we observe carefully is that we do not relate intimate experiences of another person unless we are sure he would approve. And I wrote next to that, not spiritually fit when gossiping. So if I'm gossiping about somebody then that means I'm not spiritually fit because that means I'm not um, okay enough with myself and I need to talk about somebody else's life, which is really um, yucky. And it's not something I want to do. I also underlined, we find it better when possible to stick to our own stories. And that is um, our principle in AA. It's what we believe in. And it's something that we try to live with because we don't want to talk about someone else's stuff. And it can cause a lot of harm and mistrust. And trust is the only currency we have in these rooms. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this last week, but the way that I got over my need for gossip because I loved gossip was when I realized it was causing a lot of harm within the rooms and for myself and within my friends and stuff was I became someone who needed to change where I was gossiping. So I ordered in touch magazine, which people don't even order magazines anymore, but I ordered in touch magazines and I learned all about the lives of celebrities and I learned all about their, um, juicy secrets. And so I would gossip about that. And I refused to gossip about people I knew. And I did that for like three or four years. And I just completely stopped talking about other people. And then I got to another place in my sobriety where I was like, I don't care about these celebrities at all. And I don't want to read this stuff anymore. And I just stopped doing it at all. Um, the rule I have for myself and I fall short cause I'm human, but the rule I have for myself is is what I'm saying something that I would be okay if the other person that I'm speaking about is standing behind me and I don't know. And so if I'm okay, if they're coming up to the table and I'm saying this, or I'm confronted with it from them that, did you say this? And I would say, yes, I have no problem saying that about you know you because this is why, then I'm, that's fine. But almost never am I okay about sharing something with one person in secrecy that I'd want the person I'm talking about to hear. So that's how I figure it out. Um, It says, a man may criticize or laugh at himself and it will affect others favorably, but criticism or ridicule coming from another often produces the contrary effect. Members of a family should watch such matters carefully, for one careless, inconsiderate remark has been known to raise the very devil. We alcoholics are sensitive people. It takes some of us a long time to outgrow that serious handicap. Um, And one thing I would like to share is, this also includes if, if someone has relapsed or is out drinking. It's not my place to share what they're doing. Um, I will share that I have had four sponsors that are no longer sober. One of them got re- got sober again, um, and I'll talk about that. I don't tell their names. If somebody wants to know where Jane is, and Jane and I used to be besties, and she's not around anymore, I'm not going to say she's drinking. I'm going to say, why don't you give her a call or, or shoot her a message? It's not my place to share um, if someone is out or relapse, that's their place. 
It says, many alcoholics are enthusiasts. They run to extremes. At the beginning of recovery, a man will take, as a rule, one of two directions. I underlined, he may either plunge into a frantic attempt to get on his feet in business, or on the top of 126, I underlined, or he may be so enthralled by his new life that he talks or thinks of little else. And that's when we get, like, super excited about AA. And it's all we talk about. We think everybody that we know is a potential alcoholic. <clears throat> In either case, certain family problems will arise. With these, we have had experience galore. So the first 100 men and women are telling us that they've had both. They've had when they rush too much into um, making money again or when they are, like, super AAs. I underlined, we think it dangerous if he rushes headlong at his economic problems. So this is the first 100 men and women's experience. The family will be affected also, pleasantly at first as they feel their money troubles are about to be solved, then not so pleasantly as they, I underlined, find themselves neglected. And I wrote above that, have to give them time. And that's really important for the family of an alcoholic that's just beginning in recovery. And that's why there's a suggestion about Families Anonymous and Al-Anon and Alateen. Because just because someone's getting sober doesn't mean they're not going to come back into your life. They have to do a ton of work and be of service and leave the house to go to meetings and help other people. And we don't want to make the alcoholic feel like they can't do that. Um, But there's also a need for balance, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And I think which a lot of us have faced when we don't know how to balance. I did not know how to balance. I went to like 10 meetings a week for my first five years. Um, It says, Dad may be tired at night and preoccupied by day. He may take small interest in the children and may show irritation when reproved for his delinquencies. If not irritable, he may seem dull and boring and not gay and affectionate as the family would like him to be. Mother may complain of inattention. They are all disappointed and often let him feel it. Beginning with such complaints, a barrier arises. He is straining every nerve to make up for lost time. He is striving to recover fortune and reputation and feels he is doing very well. I wrote on the side, good intention, no balance. So he's, he's working so hard, and he's like, get off my back. Um, and we want to find a way to have balance. Sometimes mother and children don't think so. Having been neglected and misused in the past, they think father owes them more than they are getting. They want him to make a fuss over them. They expect him to give them the nice times they used to have before he drinks so much and to show his contrition, which means, which means sincere penance. They want him to show that he's sorry. For what they suffered. I underline, but dad doesn't give freely of himself. I underlined, resentment grows. And I underlined, he becomes still less communicative. Sometimes he explodes over a trifle. I wrote next to that pattern, not doing 10 and 11. So we don't have to explode anymore over anything because we're doing a 10 step and 11 step every day. And if we're, if we're exploding a lot, it most likely it's because we're not doing that work. The family is mystified. They criticize, pointing out how he is falling down on a spiritual program. This sort of thing can be avoided. Both father and the family are mistaken. Though each side may have some justification, I underlined, it is of little use to argue. There they go again with that. Basically, they tell us over and over and over in the book, we're not going to argue anymore. That's just going to be removed. I've mentioned before that um, about four months ago, I made the decision I was no longer going to use the tool of yelling at my kids. And I went into that. I've tried to approach not yelling so much and, you know, yelling less, um, for my whole parenting. I wasn't a big yeller, but I yelled and then I would feel yucky about it as most parents do, um, when my patience got short. And, um, what I realized at that point was it's never, ever, ever given me the result I wanted as a parent. 
Um, my kids have never responded well to the yelling. I always feel yucky about myself after it. And so when I made the decision that I was no longer going to yell anymore about four months ago, I made it with the expectation that I was going to fall short so I didn't have to feel super um, anxious that if I did, I was going to be a failure. And I just have one day at a time removed that from my toolbox of parenting and this idea that we don't argue that's kind of also come into play with this because I don't have to argue with them either like I tell them what I need them to hear sometimes I have to say it three or four times because they're on digital or doing whatever and I don't have to argue with them because there's nothing there's no power struggle here it says the family must realize that dad though marvelously improved is still underlying convalescing which means growing they should be thankful he is sober and able to be of this world once more. Let them praise his progress. Let them remember that his drinking wrought all kinds of damage that, that may take long to repair. Remember, that's the reminder that it takes time to fix everything that we've caused harm with. If they sense these things, they will not take so seriously his periods of crankiness, depression, or apathy, which will disappear when there is tolerance, love, and spiritual understanding. So they're also telling me here that there are going to be periods of crankiness, depression, or apathy, and that the way that I should approach them as a family member or as a loved one of an alcoholic is I should be tolerant, loving, and spiritually understanding. I underline the next two sentences. It says, The head of the house ought to remember that he is mainly to blame for what befell his home. And I underline and put a star. He can scarcely square the account in his lifetime. So above that paragraph, I wrote step 10. That's what we're really talking about here. That's how we do this. Must work constantly at home. And I have written down on my side, and you can write whoever your people are. I wrote to my parents, my children, my husband, to society, AA. Um... If I want to know how long it's going to take until I square my account with making things right with the people I harmed over and over and over and over and over again, it's for my lifetime. That doesn't mean I walk around groveling. It just means that I know that I owe and that even when I don't want to do things, which is a lot of the times because I don't like to do anything mostly, my job is to show up and grow up. But he must see the danger of over-concentration on financial success. Although financial recovery is on the way for many of us, we found, I underline the rest of the paragraph, we could not place money first. For us, material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. So that's a really important principle for me to remember. Focus on the spiritual progress and everything else will fall into place. It doesn't mean I'm going to become rich if I focus on my steps. It just means everything will fall into place. The next paragraph I wrote above it, sobriety at home. And I underline the next two sentences. Since the home has suffered more than anything else, it is well that a man exert himself there. I underline and starred, he is not likely to get far in any direction if he fails to show unselfishness and love under his own roof. So they're reminding me that, that that's where I need to show the unselfishness and love and that I can be the greatest person in AI and the greatest person on the streets. But if I'm not kind to my family and I'm yelling and I'm not taking care of my business and I'm not paying my bills and I'm not being unselfish and kind and helpful, then really I don't know what I'm doing. We know there are difficult wives and families, but the man who is getting over alcoholism must remember he did much to make them so. And I know in the next sentence, as each member of a, a resentful family begins to see his shortcomings and admits them to the others, he lays a basis for helpful discussion. So my responsibility is to admit my shortcomings, to see my shortcomings and to admit them to others and to start a helpful discussion. 
These family talks will be constructive if they can be carried on underlined without heated argument, self-pity, self-justification, or resentful criticism. So that's how I want to approach my family. Um, and I have had a hard time with that, especially with the resentful criticism or the heated argument. Um, and in my nightly 11 step, I have a question that says, was I respectful to my dad at work today? Because I get to work with my dad and my brother and my uncle um, at work. And I have a hard time with my dad. Um, we butt heads a lot. And he literally works like one and a half feet away from me. Um, he used to work next to me. Now he like works behind me and next to me. So it's really close quarters. And um, I would say... 80 to 90% of the time now I get to answer yes at the end of the night, which before it was really hard. Um, it just, it's practice. He doesn't change his behavior. I change mine. And my responsibility is that I'm supposed to behave. It says little by little, mother and children will see that they ask too much and father will see he gives too little. I underlined giving rather than getting will become the guiding principle. And there's another new tool, new reminder, new mantra for my life. Focus on what I can give. Just like they talked about in, on you know, page 100. Think about what you can bring to the situation. Assume, on the other hand, that Father has at the outset a stirring spiritual experience. Overnight, as it were, he is a different man. He becomes a religious enthusiast. He is unable to focus on anything else. As soon as the sobriety begins to be taken as a matter of course, the family may look at their strange new dad with apprehension, then with irritation. There is talk. I underline the word talk. I wrote on the side, not spiritually fit, all talk. And then I put talk in quotation marks. Not spiritually fit, all talk. Someone who's spiritually fit is living that way. They're not talking about it. They're not telling everyone what they should or shouldn't do. Actually, someone who's spiritually fit is never going to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. It says, there is talk about spiritual matters morning, noon, and night. He may, I underline the word demand, that family find God in a hurry. And I wrote on the side, no demanding of others. No demanding of others. It says, or I underline, exhibit amazing indifference to them and say he is, I underline, above worldly consideration. So now they're on the path of spirituality and they believe that they have this new information and that they're so amazing and that they're so above and that everyone needs to get on board and um, it's it can be yucky to be around. He may tell, I underline that word tell because remember it's words, not actions. And for this alcoholic, action is the only thing that matters. He may tell mother who has been religious all her life that she doesn't know what it's all about and that she had better get his brand of spirituality while there is yet time. When father takes this tack, the family may react unfavorably. They may be jealous of a God who has stolen dad's affections. While grateful that he drinks no more, I underline, they may not like the idea that God has accomplished the miracle where they failed. I wrote on the side, step two. That's how that happens from the beginning of that belief. And then I wrote through working one through nine. So God has accomplished the miracle where they had failed. It starts in step two through working one through nine and by doing 10, 11, and 12. So we need all 12 steps in order for the miracle to happen. It's not God just doing it. It's God and us doing the work. They often forget that I underlined and circled Father was beyond human aid. That's a reminder. Don't forget, there was nothing that anyone could have done. I always say if there's anyone in the entire world that could have gotten me sober, if a human power could have done it, it would have been my mom because she wanted me to be sober more than any anything. 
They may not see what the, why their love and devotion did not straighten him out. Dad is not so spiritual after all, they say, I underlined. If he means to right his past wrongs, why all is concerned for everyone in the world but his family? What about this, his talk that God will take care of them? They suspect Father is a bit balmy. He is not so unbalanced as they might think. Many of us have experienced adulation. That was me. I was Miss AA my first like year or two of sobriety, and I told all my old friends basically that they needed to be in AA. And it took one of my really good friends telling me that I was really annoying um, with my sobriety stuff to realize that I was not, I was not carrying the message in an attractive way. I was carrying it in an obnoxious, annoying way. We have indulged in spiritual intoxication. Like a gaunt prospector belt drawn in over the last ounce of food, our pick struck gold. And the reason why that happened is that we've had hope for the first time in our lives. I wrote on the bottom of the page, I became undead. That's why I get so excited. That's why we get so excited. But we have to remember what the book tells me, especially in working with others, that I need to not push it. I need to make it attractive. Joy at our release from a lifetime of frustration knew no bounds. On the top of 129, I wrote the word partnership. And we're going to see another one of those beautiful, sacred promises between me and my higher power. Father feels he has struck something better than gold. For a time, he may try to hug the new treasure to himself. And here's the partnership. So I underlined and starred and bracketed, and this is the partnership. He may not see at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product. So I double underline the word if after only if. And then I double underline mines it, and that's 10, 11, and 12. So I'm only going to find the limitless load through one through nine, through clearing out the wreckage of my past, cleaning up my hallway and fixing things up. And then I'm going to take care of my beautiful hallway between me and my higher power in 10, 11, and 12 for the rest of my life. I So my job is to get through one through nine, to clean my hallway in 10, 11, and 12 daily, to give away everything I'm given, and then I'm going to get a limitless load from the universe. And I wrote next to the word product, they wrote new contract, God and self. New contract, God and self. And then in parentheses, I wrote work to be done. So there's work to be done. If the family cooperates, dad will soon see that he is suffering from, I underlined, a distortion of values. He will perceive that, I underlined, his spiritual growth is lopsided. That for an average man like himself, I underlined, a spiritual life which does not include his family obligations may not be so perfect after all. So I put a star next to that. If the family will appreciate that dad's current behavior is but a phase of his development, all will be well. In the midst of an understanding and sympathetic family, these vagaries of dad's spiritual infancy will quickly disappear. So if I have this spiritual life, but I'm not showing up to my family obligations, then I'm not really doing the justice of what our program wants us to do. The opposite may happen should the family condemn and criticize. Dad may feel that for years his drinking has placed him on the wrong side of every argument, but that now he has become a superior person with God on his side. If the family persists in criticism, this fallacy may take a still greater hold on Father. Instead of treating the family as he should, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for so doing. Though the family does not fully agree with Dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head. So they're saying let him think about the spiritual stuff and let him get excited about it because we'd rather he was excited about it than not doing it at all. 
even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards his family. I underline, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. I wrote on the side, helping other alcoholics right away. Helping other alcoholics right away. And then I underline the next sentence. During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure sobriety than anything else. So that the most important thing we can do is help others. I would rather the new person threw themselves into working with others and showing up than threw themselves into making money. It says on the 130, though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable, we think the dad will be on a firmer foundation than the man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. He'll be less likely to drink again and anything is preferable to that. So they're telling me here that if I focus on my spiritual development, I'm going to be less likely to drink than if I focus on my money stuff. Those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childishness of it. I underline the next um, part, which just says... This dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives. And then I underlined, we have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. And I wrote on the side, true director is God. So the true director is God. And then I wrote, our work is here. Our work is here. We have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the closet. So I want to always think about what does God want for me, but I need to put my feet on the ground, take care of my feet, because that's going to be taking care of the action. If I listen to my head versus my feet, I'm never going to get to where I need to go. So I need to have God direct my head, and then I can listen to my head with God directing my head, and I listen and I let my feet do the walking. That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. These are the realities for us. We have found nothing incompatible. This is the first 100 men and women. Between, I underline, a powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane and happy usefulness. I underline that. And I wrote on the side, finally have a purpose. So we finally have a real purpose in our lives. We get to be happy and useful. It says, one more suggestion. Whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live. They can hardly fail to approve these simple principles, though the head of the house still fails somewhat in practicing them. Nothing will help the man who is off on a spiritual tangent so much as the wife who adopts a sane spiritual program, making a better practical use of it. There will be other profound changes in the household. Liquor incapacitated father for so many years that mother became head of the house. She met those responsibilities gallantly. By force of circumstances, she was often obliged to treat father as a sick or wayward child. Even when he wanted to assert himself, he could not. Anderline, for his drinking, placed him constantly in the wrong. Mother made all the plans and gave the directions. When sober, father usually obeyed. Thus, mother, through no fault of her own, became accustomed to wearing the family trousers. Father, suddenly coming to life again, often becomes asserting, begins to assert himself. This means trouble unless the family watches for these tendencies in each other and comes to a friendly agreement about them. So there's going to be a shift again once someone gets sober and you have to realize that it's going to take time for everyone to get used to that this is a new this person is not trustworthy i remember when my parents got sober i was 13 and when they started trying to parent me again i was really i mean i gave my parents hell because i was like you haven't been here at all like what what are you doing and it it took me until i got sober till i would really let them parent me um, <clears throat> on the top of the page, this is something I wrote. You do not need to write it if it's not your experience. 
but because I got sober before I had children, I wrote, my children have never had to see a drunk mother, which is probably the greatest gift I can get, ever give them. My children have never had to see a drunk mother. And then in parentheses, I wrote 10, 11, and 12. We'll keep it that way. So if I don't do my 11-step morning meditation and reading and my 10-step every day, then what I'm basically saying is that I'm okay with my children having a drunk mother one day. Because that, if I stop doing that work, that's how it's going to happen. It says, drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. Father may have laid aside for years all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. When he renews interest in such things, a feeling of jealousy may arise. The family may feel they hold a mortgage on dad so big that no equity should be left for outsiders. Instead of developing new channels of activity for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up the deficiency. At the very beginning, the couple ought to frankly face the fact that each will have to yield here and there if the family is going to play an effective part in their new life. Father will necessarily spend much time with other alcoholics, but this activity should be balanced. New acquaintances who know nothing of alcoholism might be made and thoughtful consideration given their needs. I underlined, the problems of the community might engage attention. Though the family has no religious connections, they may wish to make contact with or take membership in a religious body. Alcoholics who have derided religious people will be helped by such contacts. So basically they're saying, once we start to do the work we become recovered and we can become useful in all areas of our life being possessed of a spiritual experience the alcoholic will find he has much in common with these people though he differ with them on many matters i underlined if he does not argue about religion he will make new friends and is sure to find new avenues of usefulness and pleasure he and his family could be a bright spot in such congregations i underlined he may bring new hope and new courage i wrote on the side what we can bring So, again, they're talking about what are you bringing to the table. To many, a priest, minister, or rabbi who gives his all to minister to our troubled world. The intent the foregoing is a helpful suggestion only. So far as we are concerned, there is nothing obligatory about it. As non-denominational people, we cannot make up others' minds for them. Each individual should consult his own conscience. We have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol and its worst aspect, but we aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. And that's the first 100 members, that's the first 100 members and women, men and women telling us this is what we insist on. We try not to indulge cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. I underline, when we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. Above what we have, I wrote the steps. So if I don't share with the new person the steps immediately, then I'm not telling them that I have the solution. I'm not giving them the solution. I'm telling them they can suffer in the rooms for longer. For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of the past. I underline the next sentence. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. I wrote two things on the side. These are two things that one of my sponsors taught me when I started working with them, and it changed how I sponsored. I wrote, don't become a drama vacuum. Don't become a drama vacuum. So if one of my sponsees has got a lot of drama going on, I don't have to take it on. I can have them inventory it, pray about it, meditate about it i can guide them with the solution but i do not have to take on their drama so don't become a drama vacuum and i wrote work with the willing the willing will not stay in the drama they will move towards a solution 
So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We, I underlined, we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. I circle that word recover because there's that promise again. And I double underlined to help others because that's my new truth. That's my new purpose. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let end of top of 133, I wrote guideline for living. Let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. I underline, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. So right there, they're telling me what the first 100 men, want, what the first 100 men and women think that God wants them to be. And that is happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it was once just that for many of us. But it is clear that, I underline, we made our own misery based on the decisions out of fear, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment that I've chosen. God didn't do it. I underlined the rest of the paragraph and I put a star next to it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. And I wrote next to that life. So when it's basically when trouble comes, when life happens, show us come to the meetings and tell us and talk about how you stay sober through this that's the most powerful thing that i can hear sorry for the sirens in the back now about health it's just a reminder of gratitude so let's take a little prayer for whoever is suffering right now Now about health. A body badly burned by alcohol does not recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. We who have recovered, I double underlined that word recovered, and I circled it because there's that promise again. From serious drinking, I underline our miracles of mental health. It's a miracle that I'm able, able to even read today from all the things I put in my body. But we have seen remarkable transformations in our bodies. Hardly one of our crowd now shows any mark of dissipation. I wrote on the side, miracles can happen through medicine. Miracles can happen through medicine because God gave us, because God gave us that expertise to be of help. God gave us that expertise to be of help. It says, but this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. Most of them give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterward. Some of the people who have saved my life are my doctors and psychiatrists. When, I was, when the student was ready, the teachers appeared. One of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book, that's Silkworth, in manuscript form, told us that the use of sweets was often helpful, of course, depending upon a doctor's advice. He thought all alcoholics should constantly have chocolate available for its quick energy value at times of fatigue. He added that occasionally in the night a vague craving arose, which would be satisfied by candy. Many of us have noticed a tendency to eat sweets and found this practice beneficial. I wonder if this is why we have donuts and cookies at meetings. A word about sex relations. Alcohol is so sexually stimulating to some men that they have overindulged. Couples are occasionally dismayed to find that when drinking is stopped, the man tends to be impotent. Unless the reason is understood, there may be an emotional upset. Some of us have had this experience only to enjoy in a few months a finer intimacy than ever. There should be no hesitancy in consulting a doctor or psychologist if the condition persists. We do not know of many cases where the difficulty lasted long. The alcoholic may find it hard to reestablish friendly relations with his children. Their young minds were impressionable while he was drinking. Without saying so, they may 
cordially hate him for what he has done to them and to their mother. The children are sometimes dominated by a pathetic hardness and cynicism. They cannot seem to forgive and forget. This may hang on for months long after their mother has accepted dad's new way, I underlined, of living and thinking because I have to change both, how I live and how I think. I wrote on the side, have a right to make amends. So we have a right to make amends. We don't have a right to ask for forgiveness because that's selfish and manipulative. I can't ask for forgiveness. I know I'm going over. I just want to finish this last part. I underlined, in time they will see that he is a new man. And I circled they will see and I wrote above that action. So the only way that you can see someone is new is by our action. In their own way, they will let him know. And I underline the word when. When this happens, not if. They, they can be invited to join in morning meditation and they can take part in the daily discussion without rancor or bias. From that point on, progress will be rapid. Marvelous results often follow such a reunion. So on the top of the page, I wrote living on a non-spiritual basis with family. And then I wrote not recovery. So if I'm living on a non-spiritual basis with my family, that's not being recovered. Whether the alcohol, Whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, I underline the alcoholic member has to if he would recover. And I circle that word has to. The others must be convinced of his new status beyond the shadow of a doubt. I underlined seeing is believing in most families who have lived with a drinker. And I circled seeing is believing and I wrote action. This next um, two paragraphs I'm not going to read. You're welcome to read it. It's basically about a wife that nagged her husband to stop drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. And then he ended up drinking because he wasn't um, doing his spiritual program. And now he drinks coffee and smokes cigarettes and everybody's happy. On the bottom of the page it says first things first. And I wrote sobriety. Live and let live. I wrote tolerance. And easy does it. And I wrote but do it. Sorry I went over. Um, We are going to start next week on two employers. And I hope you have an amazing week. It's up to you. Thanks.